on the tee, Jack Nicholas. This is the minute the millions around the world have waited for. We will allow you to enjoy all of this. They are dancing in the pubs of Dublin. Harrington with an ace. And we have a shining star at sunset. Rory continues his run to greatness. The return to glory. Hi everyone, welcome to the latest episode of the Bogeyman Pod. So today it's just us, Johnny. Uh, we're going to go through our trials and tribulations of the weekend golfer and all synopsized in, 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 what, in what we went through since, since uh, competition started. So if you haven't been aware, competitions are back since Wednesday um, and we were lucky to get out a couple of times and, and get going and then there was the US... PGA Tour action that was going, where Big Bad Bryson came to came to the fore and finally finally got a win. Um, but Johnny, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. I think I've played two competitions now since the start. One was a team event, so obviously that's not handicap counting. Um, that was up in Paris Court West Course. Good fun. The greens were running very fast, like lightning quick. It was great. I've heard like some people were very unhappy with them. Some people really enjoyed them. I like them, but. My my the theme to my golf is that I cannot buy a putt at the moment. So I, I will give you that the greens in Powers Course are from a member's perspective, I'd say probably the quickest in Ireland. I think without having played in a, a fair few places in open comps and scratch cups and stuff, I think I played was it the I think the East Course last year, um, in the junior scratch cup there, and I don't think I've ever experienced the speed and in fairness quality of the greens it's not just like they roll them out they're they're in unbelievable condition pretty much all year round but god if you're having an off day with the putter i reckon that's a it's a it's a tough place to go around yeah it wasn't even so much as having an off day just nothing would drop you know so you get on you get on in in two or like in regulation and then you just go, okay, cool. We have a chance here to, to go low and get a good get a good score. And then just every single one just burns the edge. And you're like, great. Nice. Yeah, and then the speed takes them on kind of another three or four foot and you're left with these horrible, like, little ones back. Um, but so you're out. Uh, you sent me on your card, though. You, you're you scoring you're scoring pretty well, so. Well, yeah, so then I played in um, single Stableford yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. And yeah, I've got like 37 points, played, still played off nine at the moment. But it was it was up and down, but again, just can't, can't buy puts. So That's in Dalgany. That was in Dalgany. Um, so I joined there only like a month or so ago now. So I've been trying to get out as much as I can ahead of competitions just to kind of get used to get used to the course. Also, I got a new driver. So for a while there, it was, the ball was going all over the planet. But I've managed to, to kind of rein that in a bit more and shape it both ways now which is nice it was really windy on sunday so they had to shape it into the wind on some holes and with the wind on other holes was actually a very big advantage um i think a couple of holes i had like this driver i was left with like 30 yards in as a chip in for on the fourth hole and again on the ninth which are obviously then the two holes that i birdied because i just it was able to chip it in close to a thing kind of tap, tap in distance Shaping it both ways with your driver. That's it was nice. It was nice. That's, that's audacious, great. I have to tell you. Yeah. I've I've got no shape to my driver. It's either online or offline. They're my two shapes at the moment. No, I mean like you can't take a huge amount of that like 
because it was so windy. So I feel like what would have been a small fade or a small draw was obviously emphasized by the wind. Yeah. But it was, it was good. It was, it was good either way. Yeah. So scorner's good. Did you get cut? Um, I imagine so. Like, so we haven't got results out yet. Mm-hmm. But it was 37 points. So I would say it was playing pretty difficult just because of the wind. So I'd say, yeah. I'd say there's probably a point two in there, definitely maybe a point four. That's good. Get off to a good start. No, that, that's good. That's a that's a nice start though. Nice, nice to get off, get out, get out of the blocks at something early and feel like you've at least as well something to work on as well. Because I think I was saying to you in our overs and over and backs and text message like it's kind of now is the time where you just get, want to get onto the course and actually or onto the like practice range or practice green and work on something specific now that you know what you have to. You're not just on a putting matter in the driving range or. It's all right. Okay, I need to do this, <laughs> and then scores are going to start to start to tumble. And all my other rounds, like with my mates, up to this point, I've just basically spent that round focusing on getting one thing right. So it could have been trying to get the putting right, more my alignment or my driver because I got new driver, so trying to figure that one out, and then just my iron control a bit more as well. So to be able to play a competition and try and bring them all together was was a nice feeling. It's like. Kind of just brings you back into that competitive mode where you're like, okay, I'm gonna gonna hit this shot to leave me up this kind of distance, so I can hit that kind of shot in or whatever, or come this side, or finish this side of the of the pin. Um, so to be able to try and bring all that strategy into it, or that kind of tactics into it, was nice. It was good. I missed that. Nice. Yeah. No, it's good. It's good to be back. It's good. You were playing as well. Yeah, so I played Wednesday evening. The first competition here in Donegal was back and. Um, so because I'm, uh, we're we're based up here at the moment out of Dublin. So we're, I'm a, I've taken a, a membership up here, which is great. So we're back yeah, and it was kind of really weird, really weird first round. It was level par through nine, and then the weather up here is is obviously a little bit different as well. It's there's a fair bit of rain, and and the rough is unbelievably lush. You don't just get fescue in the typical Lynx fescue, which is obviously long tangly stuff with not too much at the bottom of it. What you're getting is real thick meadow grass at the bottom of, <laughs> of fescue. So it's, it's impossible to get out of actually. I, I hit two, no, I had three bad shots in three holes, just about found the three balls and I was no more than kind of five yards offline and three doubles. And that was the end of that. So got my point one back. So I was a bit, bit annoyed about it, but like, ah, it's, <laughs> teaching me to keep it a bit tighter I think to be honest and then I was back in Dublin for the weekend uh, the qualifier for the club match play was on in St Anne's so I went back there and kind of had a bit of a mad round I kind of birdied three of the first five but then had three bogeys in a row so I kind of actually tried something that I'd heard a lot about and it was completely new and it was broke the whole thing down so I, was, I felt like I was having trouble putting a full round together in terms of like I could be level one under two under for for nine and and not so much throw it away but certainly not hold on to it. So I I kind of just broke it down into into sets of three basically and was aiming to go kind of level par for each set of three holes uh, coming in and managed to come in in I think it's seventy two um, gross. So I think I qualified anyway for the competition. The scoring was okay. I think it was finished in the top five or ten or something like that. So. 
into the club match planner, which is all I really wanted to do and managed to get a bit of a cut off the handicap too. So um, I think I'm down to 2.9 2.9 now. So yeah, it was a funny week. Got a point one back, got point two then taken off or point three taken off and all's right in the world, I suppose. It's weird though. It's such a strange game. Like Wednesday afternoon, second back nine, I was, God, fit to, fit to burst, to be honest. And then... Yeah, it's good to be back in St. Dan's too. The place is looking absolutely for both courses in fairness, but St. Dan's is really looking well. What's the next step then for you in the club match play? Uh, so it's down to... The, normally what it would have been would have been top 64 go through. So it was actually top 32. So over two, And it was that was over two days. So 12 on Friday and 20 on Saturday. Uh, so I played Saturday. So it goes into last 32 and then it's it's match play right through. And... The next, I suppose, club stuff, I think I'm probably playing Barton Cup with the club and maybe Senior Cup as well. So that's all that has to be played from the 20th of this month. So it's all going to come around quite quickly now because obviously um, the the inter-club competitions have been have been given the go-ahead. So whatever it was, foursomes, has been changed to four balls, uh, which suits a lot of people. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So hopefully... Hopefully getting maybe a couple of teams or something and have a bit of competitive golf going for, for St. Dan. That'll be good. I don't know what the story is with some of them not playing at that level of I'm playing more kind of your intermediate handicap, low high singer fingers and low teens kind of team stuff. So I don't know what teams I'm on. I know I'm on one team. It'd be Jimmy Brown, I would have thought. Yeah, it's kind of around the Jimmy Brown stuff, I would have thought. And Barton Cup as well. I have no idea if I'm honest with you. <laughs> yeah, they're no, they're good. I, I last year was my first experience of playing them. Um, tell you what, they're nerve wracking. They're very nerve wracking. Yeah, it's it's strange. It's like it's a tough first tee shot to be honest when you're playing club club match play, um, especially in foursomes. Yeah, I found the most stressful aspect of it was the fact that it was foursomes, and like you're just like I don't like. So I went into a really in a really weird situation last year. Where I didn't really know much of the team. Um, that I was playing with, we, I, I think we got one or two practice days or practice rounds in together. Um, but then when it comes to yeah, your first tee and you're like, this suddenly you realize that this guy's second shot will completely relies upon you. That's when you're like, oh, okay, this is a bit more stressful. And you, like, you don't have that natural rapport. Whereas I think if I was playing foursomes with mates, it'd be totally yeah. different. Be, yeah, you'd be, be able to have a bit of... Yeah. yeah, you'd have, be able to kind of jaw off each other a bit as well. But like, there's the, there's the whole apology thing. It's like, oh, sorry. It's like you've put me in a nice place and I've put you in cabbage. Like, so, yeah, it's it's funny because last year I kind of got to play on everything because my, my previous year's handicap was lowest was eight. So I can, you, once you're that, you can kind of qualify and play right through to all of those competitive stuff. So now, obviously, down to my, I think my lowest was three. So I'm obviously only eligible for, for two things, I think, this year. So, or two or three things. You went from eight to three then. Uh, I went from nine to three. Nine yeah. to three. Jeez. You must have been playing a lot of golf. Uh, I was playing. I think it was. I had. What was it? I think it was in the region of about twenty competitive rounds. That was over. So, it was a quite. It was a quite quick drop. There was a couple of rounds where I, or sorry, there was between Port Marnock links because the standard scratch on the Tuesday comps there is very high. I think it's 75 and 76, and I had two good scores there. That took up nearly a shot and a half or a shot. And then I think there was a couple of others that were, um, yeah, that, that took off chunks. And I, I got no point ones back. I got 1.1 back, which obviously helped. Um, 
but yeah, to be honest, I was probably obsessing a bit over getting down at the time. Um, but I suppose that I suppose that's what it does to you. I kind of had, yeah, it just it just got a bit too very competitive about it. But like you'll you'll see now, like as you're coming through, like it's it's fairly addictive getting that little minus beside <laughs> beside a score, and it's good to always. I feel that competition where you're getting point one back is a bit wasted. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. Hopefully now the plan for me this year is to get down to about seven. I take seven. Mm-hmm. Realistically, the goal would be six this year. So nice. Keep getting thirty-seven points, and it'll be it'll be a slow journey down to six. So. Yeah, it was a busy weekend though overall. Yeah, it's busy busy golf weekend. Um, my my better half was probably suffering a little bit from golf overload between mm. me going down to Dublin to play and it been on the TV because it was it was good stuff on TV. It was actually surprisingly good on TV. I actually I watched a good bit more than I had anticipated I would. Um, mainly because there was a different name from an Irish perspective in the mix, which was great. So it was good to see Seamus Power in there. Like he's obviously a very accomplished golfer, but seeing him up there in the I think he was one shot behind the lead after round one, two shots after lead after round two. So he's in the mix going into the weekend. Um, he was in like the he was seen off of Matthew Wolf on Saturday. So seeing him on kind of prime time coverage is great and, and watching his entire week unfold. Um was good fun to watch because it wasn't your typical Rory's or Shane's yeah G Max. It was someone different and I was looking at, I was looking into his stats and he has been doing some work over long. He has been in the gym. He has been yeah definitely in the gym. <laughs> They all have, but he has definitely been in the gym. What was it, three thirty-five average off the tee? Yeah, and before this, his year average was two ninety-nine point five. That's massive. Now he has had an equipment change too. He said he has gone from he's changed ping. He's with is the driver still ping, but he's changed to a different version of it. Okay, and his accuracy kind of wound, wound it down actually, and he said he's more accurate and longer off the tee. So. He's 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 long. I actually, in fairness, a shout out to Keelan Keelan McDonough who who had him on an Instagram live chat and really personal type of a fella, really nice. Um, after see after hearing him chat to Keelan, I was like, right, you definitely have to be rooting for this lad because he's he's such a nice fella, very grounded, loves getting back to play in Ireland. Um, he's very GMAC in his accent at this stage he's yeah. by his own admission yeah but I think yeah. I think it's, it's great to see him mix it up on with with big hitters when the headlines were very much you know the beast that is Bryce yeah he hung in there didn't he, he like he, he didn't he didn't really fade off at all like he no, like, I mean he was five under through round one 11 under through round two um 14 under after round three and then just shot an even par round one and then even par and, and like even and, par as you saw from Matt Wolf was like scoring was okay on Sunday. Yeah, it was good. It was good. I suppose Bryson was went went the lowest to win, but you probably get onto this. I don't know. I'm not sure if I agree with your synopsis on on Wolf in terms of not finishing it off. But I, th- I, I, th- I thought he was entertaining. We, we, we I thought he went on, after. We get onto that. Yeah, we we'll get onto that. But um, no, no, I was really, really happy for Seamus Power. Tell you what, hmm. top. What was it? T- tied twelfth. Tied twelfth. Hundred and seventy thousand dollars for tied twelfth. That's a lot of cash. Yeah, you'd you'd like to think that that's given him a bit of a cushion for the rest of the season to to go. Yeah. Okay, I can not necessarily pick and choose my events, but there's that bit of breathing room 
Yeah. So I think, but one thing that kind of that really frustrated me was Saturday, Thursday, Friday. There was just no coverage of them at all, and you're kind of like, okay, yeah. fair enough. You'll focus on Jason Day and and like the feature group stuff that that was there. But then on Saturday, Seamus was playing with Matthew Wolf, who like broadcasters love, love, and you barely you barely got to see another ten shots in his. Yeah, it was weird, wasn't it? I saw it when he was, they were walking off 18 and Tara was in the background. I was like, I actually haven't seen him. Whatever happened between me coming in and out of the house or whatever, I realised, God, he's second last or one of the final groups. And he's like, God, how did we not see someone who has obviously played quite well? But look, there's, the, there's two guys now at the moment from for two very different reasons are the media darlings and they're getting a lot of the attention Wolf is obviously one because of this crazy swing, um, and then Bryson being the other because of his crazy length. Yeah. Did you see of tee shots? Of tee shots. Hmm. So I think we do you want to get onto under Bryson then because I think yeah, yeah we can't. We'll, we'll start it with him because God, I'd say everyone who's watched golf is sick of talking about him. <laughs> yeah. Um. What was the biggest thing that jumped stood out for you? Obviously, like his driving is insane, but we've been we've seen that now for the last. My yeah, what? my my actual thing was his commitment to stick with it late in in the round when when Wolf started to come back at him, he didn't alter game plan at all. It was like I'm still going for this in the exact same way. I thought he might have been in a bit of trouble that par five late on when he dunked his second in the water 15, after wide right yeah. 15 I, th- I thought there was a huge if, if Wolf had managed to actually he was not far away from holding that chip but even I thought there was I thought there was a chance there and then no it's Bryson went pretty 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 to finish and I think won it I think he went on and won it I don't think yeah. Wolf threw it away no I mean I don't, I don't think Wolf threw it away but I, th- I think there was de- there's definitely history there between Bryson and Wolf and yeah, you've a conspiracy in, in, theory yeah in the, in the in the same way when Brooks kind of came onto the scene in a big way started winning majors he kind of started he started letting people know that he has this little chip on his shoulder. Bryson absolutely strikes me as someone who walks around with a chip on his shoulder. Do you think? Yeah, I think so. Right. Like, okay. Because he's always always given out, and you can even see on social media like the uh, the foreplay podcast. Um, mm-hmm. We're slagging Bryson off on Twitter or Instagram, but like that's four place brand. It's like they are going to slag you off, and then he responded with me with like a message saying that oh, I'm never going to go back on your podcast now. Thanks for you know pretending to be my right. more or less. He's okay. like, he's like, he's like he said he said something like five time winner on the PGA Tour. It's not too bad. Uh, good luck getting me back on the podcast. So he so he like. He is a he is a computer nerd, so he spends a bit of yeah. time on his phone and he spends a bit of time on his laptop. So he sees this, obviously. Totally. Yeah. So I also think that like the the win that Matt Wolf got last year with at the three M Open, we had to drain a eagle putt on the eighteenth off the green nearly. Yeah. So yeah, to beat Bryson, Bryson in the same way Rory when he won the um, the Champions Tour at the end of the year last year was saying I need to get one over Brooks again. Yeah. Bryson definitely had that. He's like, no way, I'm gonna let this kid do me twice. No way. <laughs> yeah, I like I, I like it. I, I, you'd like to think you'd be that competitive. Yeah, I wonder because Matthew Wolf comes across as the most non-offensive person in the world. Um, even in the like driving relief piece, he was he's very 
obviously he's only a child he's 21 born in the 2000s or whatever or sorry like late 1990s and and if he won yesterday he would have been the youngest person to have won two bga tour events right so he would would have been younger than tiger to have won two pga tour events that's pretty full on like that's context for it. He he should be in going into his like final year of college now currently, but he's coming second in PGA Tour events. Probably probably a good life choice. I would have thought. Like career career wise, he's probably made the right the right decision. But he's um so like I I think we're getting away from what we wanted to talk to as well there for a second. Like Bryson, obviously the whole thing was about length, but like for all those people who are stats nerds, like he led obviously in strokes gained off the tee. So that's a combination of kind of length versus accuracy. Um, so he was like seven and a half shots or eight shots ahead of the field. But also he was he was equally as far ahead um, from a putting perspective as well. So like he's, he's finishing it off too. And I think one probably leads into the other. And obviously the further he hits the ball, the more lofted the club he's hitting his second shots in with, the closer he's getting, the more subsequently the more putts you get. So like it's obviously a, there's a huge knock on effect. But like I've seen a lot of reports saying he's he's got golf cracked like now, like he knows what to do to to tear places apart. And at the moment, looking at his results and you see what he's done, has he been outside I think he's been outside the top eight since we've been back one to one win and is front page he's front page of the leaderboard every week he is yeah I think he's got eight top tens in the last ten events sorry like yeah yeah the last yeah the last eight events are all top tens when Rory was doing this last year we were raving about it but like I wonder now are they all starting to look going right the novelty has worn off this guy coming back haven't put on all this weight now he's a massive threat (laughs) Mm. And right. it's not like he's just like hidden long. He's accurate as well. Yeah, like if he gets to Harding Park for the first major, he is gonna tear that place to pieces because that's not that's not a long place to go. Like he'll he'll be driving. It's weird seeing him standing on the tee box waiting for the green to clear. Three hundred ninety eight yard par four yesterday. And he's standing up. He said to Troy Merritt to go ahead because I'm going for the green. It's like what? Crazy. Yeah, enjoyable uh, to watch. It's entertaining. My God, I think it's great to watch because, like, it's it's actually something that your average amateur handicapped golfer can very easily try and replicate. Obviously, in a safe, measured manner. Because, like, even if I put on a bit of weight, strengthen up, and even if I add like fifteen yards, I'm still not driving at three hundred and forty odd yards. So I'm not making a mockery of the golf course, and your average golfer isn't going to be doing that. But it's just the fact that we're looking at the 1% of the 1% and it's broadcast to millions of people that you're like, Jesus, is everyone on the PGA Tour making the golf course look like a joke? Which obviously isn't the, the, the fact. But there's plenty to be taken from Bryson's game to, to put into your own. And that's from everything from the driving accuracy, the driving length even is put in. Yeah, like, like I, so, uh, funnily enough, hit more fairways and obviously you're going to be there thereabouts but he has in fairness he has transferred like his accuracy across like when he and I suppose what's happening as well is when he misses he's missing like actually even that par 5 where he dunked it in the water on 15 like that drive was still 350 so he knew that if he just popped one out there he's still going to have like 50 yards left whereas 
I was looking at Ryan Armour hitting his second shot there. He was in the same group and had to absolutely hammer a three wood. Um, so look, it's it's an all round. It, it's very entertaining. It's talked about an awful lot, <laughs> I think. But I, I genuinely think it's funny because the the announcers and the the commentators are all genuinely a little bit in awe of it. Um, yeah, almost like condescendingly. Cause they yeah, I think everyone makes them out to be like just this massive gin juice head, and there's like, oh, there's Bryson who's put on like so much weight and he now hits it miles, and you're like, well, it's actually incredibly that's accurate. Your gym, that's your that, gym juice voice, is it? But that's that's what they're yeah, they're but they're him. doing that actually. Yeah, in fairness, yeah, um, and it's, and they're trying to make a mockery of this man who's actually broken it down into a pretty pretty scientific mm-hmm. art to now be like, okay, cool, I'm like. He's he's broken it down to a point where he can he doesn't even, he doesn't care what people are saying he's he's doing his thing he's always done his own thing but he's he's now capitalized on it yeah I think the only thing I'd ever change for him would be I know he's big into his one length irons all his irons are the one length so his three iron is the same length as his as his lob wedge I can't understand why he just doesn't go to one length for his wedges even and just go shorter because I think that's the one failing that you're seeing guys. With his, I suppose, with his kind of fifty-four and gap wedge, he's just he's just a little bit less accurate. And I think if he brushes that part of it up and and gets it and is hit within ten feet all the time, because he's putting very well too, like lads won't see him for dust. Like they genuinely won't see him for dust. He'll he'll tear every place apart because he's a good enough putter to do well at Augusta. Um, he's also smart enough to know not to hit drivers on every hole so he, there's no ego involved when he's like I'll just, I'll just take a three wood here and still have like an eight iron in but I can hit my eight iron like crazy numbers so it doesn't really matter the risk is calculated yeah like the risk is calculated it's he knows so was the chance of me making birdie if I hit a 360 on this hole off the tee is a lot higher than if I hit three iron and layup or whatever so I look it's it's good, but like looking at Matty Wolf as well. My God, he's a small little fella, and he absolutely batters it as well. Jesus, he's like six something. He's six foot something. Not actually that. Matty Wolf. Yeah, is he that big? He's that tall. He uh, looks a lot. The way he was beside, he was close to Bryson, and he's always compared. Everyone, everyone, everyone looks small everyone's small compared, compared to him. But I think the the thing that really like irks at me with Bryson is. I admire what he's doing, but it still does not take away from the fact that he just looks like and acts like such a douchebag. <laughs> In my opinion. Um, uh, I, I, I don't feel as personal about it as you. <laughs> I don't no, but think. it's just like, so he's always, he's just always, like Bryson's always just given out. He's always yeah, he's, off. He's never he's never happy about something. He's a bit like Bubba in that way, isn't he? Yeah, he feels like he's always been hard done by. It. Like even this week where he's given out to that cameraman for mm. doing his job. Why film me? Yeah, that was crazy. Like we need to pr- we need to protect the players from the cameramen of the tour. No, it wasn't even that. It's the, it's the, we need to protect the players' brands from the cameraman. He was like, it's damaging to our brands. I was like, fuck off. Your that's brand, fucking ridiculous your, your brand is to sell the sport and entertain us like if what entertains us is you getting huffy and you know giving it your caddy that's great entertainment like how many times have we seen Tiger losing his mind Rory throwing the club into the lake that's great 
that's entertainment. That's what they should be doing. Like they're an entertainment product. Yeah. And they need to definitely. Yeah. I, I can't get like I saw that comment and I was like, what on earth are you talking about? Like what? Like if you can't act in a way that's not going to damage your sponsor's brands or your brand as a person, like stop doing that then. Yeah. Just because yeah. somebody films you, it's not their fault that you acted the dickhead. Yeah, it's he's, your, he's, he's your almost fault. more upset that they captured him. Caught. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the thing that your parents said to you, like when you say you, you apologize for doing something. It's like you don't apologize because you did it. You apologize because you got caught. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. It, that, stop, that kind stop of stuff. Doing like, the thing. Just, just stop, stop doing Stop being a dick. Yeah. <laughs> and your brand will be absolutely fine. In fact, it'll be even better because it'll be filmed you being a gen- like a nice guy. Like be like be more like Phil Mickelson. Like just be a nice fella all around the place. Even though people say Phil isn't as nice as he looks, yeah. but on the brand, he's he's the guy everyone wants. Or own it. You know? Like Patrick yeah. Patrick Reed kind of owns the super villain thing. PGA <laughs> PGA tour have this whole like live under par thing where everyone's great and just ignore all the really bad shady things that our players do or cheat or you know get up to in their own time don't look don't look at any of that but whereas patrick Reed's just like you know he'll, he'll make a joke of it and he actually says he thrives off that kind of hostility so if bryson's thing is like i'm grumpy and that's just you know your your fault if you can't deal with it get over yeah. it it's like I was shocked when I went to go to tour events and realized how many golfers smoke. Yeah. And it's like, you never see that. Like, never see they're it. all just sparking up between light and dark between, between holes or just before they, they take the shot, they throw it down. But it's only like Miguel Angel Jimenez who gets on because he smokes a cigar a lot. Because that's better for the image rather than someone who's cracking into 20 darts a, a round. Mm. So, yeah, uh, I think like those comments are okay I'll join your I'll join your bandwagon on saying he's a bit of a bit of a fucking pain in the ass to be honest but he's entertaining me at the moment for the golf from a golf perspective though yeah I think like I actually I do enjoy when he just kind of turns around and just gives out to the caddy you know not giving out to the caddy but gives out at the caddy more just yeah. like why did that go so far and you're like because you're massive now and you <laughs> you hit a mile so what else what else caught your eye from, from the weekend? So Seamus was good. Bryson's still massive and he got his win. Uh, you weren't too impressed with Matthew Wolf's level par, in fairness, by all accounts. No, I mean, what, what, what kept coming back to me was, you know, when we had the chat with Robin Dawson and he was yeah. saying that the player holds up under pressure, not the swing. You reckon, all oh, right, okay. That, was, that for me, was the, that was the first glimmer for me of, oh, the player's not holding up under pressure. Now, that could be, I'll, that could I'll, be harsh. I, it could be harsh, but I'll put this back at you. If that second shot on 15 had bounced six inches left or pulled up six inches short and he got the putt, which was a very makeable putt as it, as it turned out from just behind the pin on 15, he'd eagled after Bryson's bogey, had just bogeyed. Like, I, I thought he was like actually quite unlucky there. Like, that was the yard in the difference. Yeah, I think he had a really good back now. I think he's just really yeah. nervous going. Like, I think so, you know, yeah. And like yeah. that's obviously allowed because, like I said, he's twenty-one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's just that's just air miles. He just needs to kind of get that. Yeah, yeah. I think that that'll come. 
I, I was impressed with him. I, I thought um, his control, his his control through his through the golf bag through through his clubs are is is so much is on a different level to Bryson. I think I think he genuinely is way more feely as a player. He's hitting a lot of hold off flight of three quarter shots in, um, and. Yeah, I, I like. I, I actually really enjoy watching him play. Um, yeah, so do I. Said before he goes bonkers off the tee as well. Yeah, I think there. I think yeah, I have a few, a couple of little, little theories. What like one, one of them was that like he just got spooked by by the Bryson leg thing. I mean, like obviously they'd played a few events had together at this point, but this was this is pegged very much as a head to head of two big hitters, and the fact that he was nervous in the first four holes and then kind of found his groove. Um, the the broadcasters did a really good job, I think, of after Bryson would hit a shot because obviously they're following each other and it's quite a close course, so the greens and the tees are quite close yeah. So Wolf was seeing a lot of what was going on ahead. Exactly. Of. So I think that's a a big part of Jesus getting a bit spooked here. But the cameraman did a really good job of. I actually thought focus, they were in the same group at one on time. Yeah. yeah. So they you, were doing you, that. You you were watching Wolf watch Bryson's drive, which kind of built the tension, but. Like I sent you a text on this earlier was that like Matthew Wolf has probably grown up being the longest hitter out of all his friends, out of all his college teammates and competitors. And then now within the space of like four weeks, he's not. He's not he's not the dude. No. And that when when something's your strength like that, you, you must naturally just go, Oh Jesus. I, I think that'd be so immature. If he was getting ruffled by the fact that Bryson was longer, I think that'd be so immature. Like I, I'm not not saying that he, he isn't or he doesn't let it be, but like you cannot be. Um, th- this is almost a, a little bit like what happened Phil Mickelson when Tiger came. Like obviously Phil was the man. Tiger came. Tiger hit a miles. Phil decided he needed to go after length back in the day and. And, and didn't quite achieve it and just got very wild off the tee. Um, but with with Matthew, he hits it long enough to not just have it as an ego thing, as in, okay, Bryson, if he wants to be 20 yards ahead, that's fine. Like, I don't think Wolf has it much more in the tank from a swing perspective, unless he gets as big as Bryson, but I can't see that happening um, because his length is will take care of it as is. But Look, if he if he if he's chasing just a number, I think he's he'd be foolhardy at best, to be honest. Yeah, but again, that does like he's twenty one, so he, he yeah, might not it might, be, it, it, yeah. might not, it might not have thrown him, but it might be something after the fact where you're like, okay, that did actually get under my skin a bit. Where that's even if you're having a poor round, that's the thing that you can always rest upon as as your strength is. Yeah, I know that if I'm playing match play in a in a club comp here or from playing college or from playing the PGA Tour I know that I can always rest on the fact that I hit it far and farther mm-hmm. than anyone else yeah um, what else uh, from the weekend I took away that the golf was very interesting the golf course was probably the most boring thing I've ever seen I know it's a McKenzie I think it's a McKenzie design I don't, the Americans love these designers names on courses and Core Crenshaw and McKenzie and Tom Doak and all those but I was just seeing like this up and back course that was so nondescript yeah I don't know I, I didn't I didn't feel one way or the other mm. yeah I just thought it was like if 
hard to differentiate between any holes or anything because only the only reason you could was because there was a few red banners and stuff up on a couple of the par yeah. threes and at the back of greens. But um, it's a Don yeah, Ross. But, but Don it, no, that, that's a good thing. It was yeah, it was a Don Ross. Is it? Okay, yeah. there's another one. Um, but it's it's nice to. It was nice that it was actually the golf that was keeping you entertained. Um, still great not having fans there. Yeah, actually, I really enjoy that. Um, one thing that I notice is Jason Day is a great on-course commentator. Brilliant. He is just lost at sea when it comes to golf. <laughs> okay. He's, he's, he, like, he's, he's missed it. You're he's grinding. It. You've, you've, got a, you've got a... How many axes have you left to grind there, Paul? I got no, I, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. <laughs> I think he's um, I think he's fantastic. But yeah, he's. I think I think he's just having a tough time of it. He is having a very tough time of it. Um, he was on the the preview charity show on the Wednesday with Bubba and one of the Bryan brothers, and yeah. Harold Varner, and I don't, I'm not sure. I think the two of them obviously. I don't think only two of them made the cut, but. There was, there wasn't much going for that other than the actual chat from Jason Day. To be honest, he's only made one cut in the last five starts. That's he was a world number one six three starts. years ago. Three years ago, but but when when he's good, he's unbelievable. But he just hasn't been that level for a while. Obviously, he's had injuries. He's had like a lot of injuries, but that was one thing that really struck out to me is. You missed him come the weekend then for it because you missed that lighthearted. He's he seems to be really enjoying being on the course. It's just a pity he's not there for longer. Yeah. Himself and Justin Thomas would be great on course. I think they like he, Justin Thomas sounds like just so funny. He does sound very funny in fairness. And I, I think they're actually quite insightful too, the two of them. So but I don't think we can see them a career change for them just yet. They'll probably continue this golf crack for quite some time. But um, no, it, no, it was a good weekend. Good weekend of golf from a domestic and international perspective. I felt yeah, from from both our perspective and from the the playing professionals. And what else this week? Oh, friend of the show, um, Luke Donnelly is in Monday qualifying to get into the British Masters um today. So that's on in close in close house, I believe. So he should be well through his round now, if not finished. So hopefully he can he can get in. I think he's the only Irish guy. I didn't see any other Irish guys go over to. I didn't. I didn't see any. Um, Colin Moriarty has got automatic qualification for that, hasn't he? No. So here's an interesting one. So because of everything that has happened, both he and Damien McGrain have got an invite to the Irish Open instead. So okay. For anyone who didn't know, they qualified through a PGA um, Professionals tournament in, um, I believe it was in Turkey. Uh, towards the end of last season, Damien won, so he got, uh, and they're uh, uh, through the through the Irish order of merit. Actually, that's where Damien qualified, and Colin went over to the PGA European event and was second, um, which was obviously very very good for for those guys. I think there could have been. I'm not sure. Was it an open spot that was actually available for the winner? I think it may have been actually an open spot available, um, which would have been great. But so both guys are going to the Irish Open, so that's going to be obviously October time. Fingers crossed. Oh, wow, I thought that was that was going to be my next question: is wow, when is this Irish Open supposed to happen? Yeah. That they have so, 
invites for? Yeah, so obviously October, I think, is the obviously. I think anything is it's everything but obvious at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so so October. So yeah, so they're the guys that are that have qualified. Um there won't be a qualifier. Obviously, European Tour doesn't do a Monday qualifier. There was a qualifier due uh, to be played for the Irish Open, which is meant to be in Port Marnock Lynx, um, which I believe has been cancelled. So the Irish guys are, are not going to get their chance to get in. So I think that was the that was last chance saloon. Not that they knew it at the time, but for, for anyone else to, else to get in. So a bit unfortunate because I used to love going to the Irish Open to see guys that you actually knew yeah. um, from a domestic perspective. It's a bit... And a, and a national open should have that. I feel it's it's tough that it doesn't have it. Um, but look, I suppose different times and and all that. We normally would have had two or three guys qualifying out of there, but unfortunately not. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hopefully, Luke does well, and it'd be nice to see Colum and, and Damien do well now as well. Yeah, that'd be great to see them get a get a good start. Like it's always there's always this thing in professional golf. Like you're one good week away. Like. Like the likes of Luke there, who obviously has no, Luke has no status on any tour. Europro is cancelled, so like his professional golfing career can't exist other than this. Like his his effectively his whole professional golfing career at the moment is today, which is mental, which is so strange. But like, say if Luke goes well, and like we know Luke can go well. He's gone. He's had a sixty-two in in second stage qualifying to get onto the European tour. Like so we know he's got like very good numbers. Say he goes low today and gets a good score. You always hear these stories in the US of guys Monday qualify in, do well. Doc Redman last year was one actually in the Rocket Mortgage the same weekend that we were just on. Um, and all of a sudden life changing. He's in and like I suppose that that's always the that's always the thing with guys who get a get a tour start. It's just one good week, and they can all do it. Yeah, it's at all levels. One good week could make or break a season. Like to look at Seamus, yeah, and this week for for him on the PGA Tour, yeah. what what this week can do for him in terms of further invites or special status. He's one of the biggest movers as a result of the the week just gone. Yeah, so, that's like that's massive. That's huge for him. So. Um, yeah, one one big week is is all he really and all all any all any golf really needs. Yeah, and it, but it's like it's the one big week, but like it's not necessarily a win. Like you're seeing it with Chris Kirk in the US, probably Seamus. Like it's the one good week, get some money in, get get invited to the next week, get a status of some description, um, and then you get invited to a couple more, and then it's it doesn't necessarily have to be the win. It can be something. It could be a, just a just a performance. Um, that that they're hanging out for. I think everyone's thinking that they have to win, but they really don't have to win. They just have to have to have to put four decent rounds together and or five in Luke's case if he gets through today. But like, I I really do hope he does well because he, he, Luke, in fairness, is putting himself out there. Um, in terms of getting over there, getting getting an invite to even get on there on the on into the Monday qualifier or whatever. I don't know the criteria, but I'm assuming it was. I'm sure there's a lot of people trying to get in. Yeah. So clubhouse leaders in the qualifier as of an hour ago are level par. Really? Yeah. So it must okay. be playing. Must be right. Playing so hopefully by the time tough. this goes out, we'll 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 know. Um and we'll pinch it into the description and but no, 
hopefully friend friend of the pod. So we want we want him to do well. They're all friends of the pod. That's it. We're, we're friends with everybody. Jason Day and Bryson DeChambeau included. <laughs> but yeah, I think that that's it for for this week's podcast. Yeah, good 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 start. Everyone's back. Hope everyone's getting out and getting getting playing a bit. Um, getting the cards in, getting the comps going, getting ready to get on teams and getting your lessons and stuff like that. I think it's good. It's nice nice buzz around the clubs now at the moment. Actually, I did did notice in fairness, being able to go for a cup of tea and a and a sandwich after the golf was actually quite nice instead of having to pack up the bag and scurry away. Um so yeah. And then obviously being able to have a pint if you want as well. It's great. Yeah, and now that golf is back and you can bring your mates, Power Squirt Golf Club have kindly given us a four ball to give away yes. to one lucky listener. Details on how you can win this prize will be out soon, so be sure to tune into the next couple of podcasts and keep an eye on our Twitter and our Instagram. Yeah, so if someone's going to get a four ball to a very nice place. Nice. Johnny, are you playing this week? What's the plan? Yeah, I'm playing uh, on Sunday. There's an Irish Golf Magazine event. Oh, okay. yeah. I like them. They're good. They're good guys. Yeah, that's in Town, and then I'll probably sneak out. Oh, Town is... Town will be amazing. So, I said Power Sports have the best greens. Town is up there with them as well. Yeah. Oh, brilliant course. Just such... Like, if you haven't played it, it's great value as well. Um, and the guys up there, Sam Lee McCool is the director of golf up there and really, really good guy. So, um. Yeah, if, if anyone hasn't a tea time book, get in on that one because you'll you'll enjoy it. Owned yeah. by the same people who own the Jerry Manor, and they've taken a lot of the knowledge I think from the from the course maintenance side up there, and it's amazing. Great practice facility as well, grass range, the whole lot. Very nice. You getting out? Uh, I'll get out on Saturday. Uh, up here in Donegal, stroke play. Um, yeah, stroke play comp already. God, it'll be a long day. Um, I was checking the. Checking the forecast to check to see if it wasn't blowing too hard, but I think it's okay. So yeah, stroke place at comp Saturday and, and and chill out then Sunday, I think. Very nice. Excellent. Yeah. Well look guys, we'll see you in the next one. Thanks for listening. On the tee, Jack Nicholas. This is the minute the millions around the world have waited for. We will allow you to enjoy all of this. They are dancing in the pubs of Dublin. Harrington with an ace. And we have a shining star at sunset. Rory continues his run to greatness. The return to glory.